Alright, man, we in this bitch, man. Episode 167, man. Let's go and get this bitch rock. Welcome to Raw is OG! Hatch, man, you know the fuck they nigga. Play on me, man. Hey man, you already know the fuck I'm giving it up at this point in time. I'm gonna grind to hunt this show stop for a motherfucking me soul, man. Fellas, drop your shoulders. Ladies, shake your ass. I'm in the fucking building, man. DJ, hit me! Child, and welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the Thin Line Between Genius and Insanity podcast, hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee, should I spin that block, man? Yeah, spin that block on them hating ass niggas, Hatch. I got you, ladies. <laughs> Let them know your boy is for the bitches, nigga. I bitches, am. For the bitches, nigga. The fly is high, it's cool, it's smooth, it's hosted them all. Oh, gee. Hatch, me what the fuck it is. Man, what's so much? I hope you're looking good, feeling good, staying safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on in the transmutation each and every motherfucking episode. What's a shout out to everybody around the world that's tapped and joined the conversation, man. I truly appreciate all the love and support, man. Let's keep building this empire brick by motherfucking me brick. Shout out to the people that's tapped in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Audio, Mac, et cetera, et cetera. All DSPs, man. We in this bitch, man. Now, for people tapping on YouTube at OG Hatch TV, man, shout out to y'all, man. Subscribe to the channel, ring that bell. Like the video, all the good shit to YouTube say, man. We in the fucking building, man. Um, episode 167. Look, I know it's a little bit of confusion, man. I know last episode, you know, I was saying 167 up until the very end. Look, man, I fucked up, okay? <laughs> Players fuck up too, man. This is totally fine, man. I told y'all um, <clears throat> I had recorded an entire episode and didn't put it out. That was supposed to be 166, so that shit had threw me off a little bit. Um. <clears throat> Sorry about that, man. I'm a little bit sick, man. I told y'all, man, ever since I got vaccinated, anytime I go around a large crowd of people, I just end up fucking sick, man. I told y'all last episode, the wrappings ups of the COVID and shit like that, some new variant and stuff like that, man. Look, man, I'm all fucked up, okay? Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like I told y'all, man, I'm, I'm going to try to keep... Um, my dedication to you guys about putting two episodes on a week, man. So I don't know how long this episode will be, but like I always tell you, I man, each and every motherfucking episode, the grind don't stop for a motherfucking me. So we in the motherfucking me building, man. Um, so since I am on the mic, I don't know how long the mic is gonna be hot. Let's go and get right to the motherfucking me docket. Um, we might as well recap the shit that got me sick, right? Wow. <laughs> we should recap the shit that got your boy sick. Um. I went to the Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa high school reunion tour. Um, before I even get into, you know what I'm saying, anything else, I at least want to extend my gratitude and my thank you to the performers, the Burners, the Warren G's, the Two Shorts, Wiz Khalifa, Snoop Dogg. Please round of applause for them. You know. Look, man, I ain't gonna, that was a great fucking show, man. That shit started like at 6. Oh, DJ Drama as well. I'm totally sorry, DJ Drama. That shit started like at 6, 15, 6, 30, probably 6.45. Let's just say 6.45 to be safe. 6.45 to motherfucking me 11. Non-stop. 
over 21,000 in that motherfucker rocking. No drama, no incidents, no nothing. Everybody in that motherfucker smoking weed, having a good motherfucking me time, man. You got burner in that motherfucker throwing out joints to the crowd. You got motherfucking me Wiz Khalifa and them. Wiz on stage, moonwalking. You got Snoop coming out in the low rider with strippers and shit. You know, it was just a great motherfucking me night, man. The crowd was electric. Um, the crowd was into the show. Uh, it was it was just beautiful. It was my first time at a concert of that magnitude. I've been to shows with Larry June concert, like I told y'all, Kevin Gates concert, a Rick Ross show. That was fucking horrible. I'm always going to say that. Make sure I say that. I don't know how this nigga's buying all this shit right now. When I went to his show, and that bitch was as empty as my house is right now. No kidding. Wow. Fuck with Rick Ross. I was shocked as fuck, but that happened. This concert, over 21,000 people, it was fucking amazing, bro. I had a harder time getting into the Larry June concert than I did this motherfucker. I don't know what it was, but I don't know if it was a timing. I don't know if it was just a perfect timing of when I got there, where I parked. I don't know what the fuck it was, bro. It was just so fucking smooth. Parked, got to that motherfucker. No line, really. Just walked in, walked through that bitch. Got my beer. We went to gotta get our seat. Smoked like eight, nine blunts throughout the show. You know what I'm saying? We took about nine shots of the Me Familiar, which I'm going to put a lot of you. Go get the Me Familiar, man. Trust me. <laughs> Trust your boy OG Hash. Took about nine shots of the Me Familiar. Like, it was a great fucking smooth-ass night, bro. Even on the way out, you would expect a bunch of traffic on the way out, fam. Buster left. I'm out that bitch. I was home in like 10, 15 minutes. Stopped and got canes. They fucked up on the order. Had to double up on our shit. I, I had a great fucking night. <laughs> I don't know. It was, maybe it was just a time, but it was a very smooth fucking atmosphere, bro. I don't know if it was because I was just enjoying the moment with the person I was with, just being there watching the performers. Big Wiz Khalifa fan, big Snoop Dogg fan, big Warren G fan, big Too Short fan. Who's not a fan of DJ Drama, nigga? Come on, Gangsta Grills, you bastards. <laughs> Burn, of course. Who don't smoke cookies? I got cookies clothing, my nigga. So I was there. I didn't even recognize how many people were there, bro. Until I seen video footage of the motherfuckers behind us. See, y'all, let me just paint a picture for y'all. It's like a it's an outdoor event, like an outdoor venue, but there's like a covering portion of it that's like semi-indoors. They got like fans and shit, which they never turned on, which is kind of crazy. It was like a it was almost a hundred degrees and they never turned the fans on. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> But I was in the indoor section. I was in the second section, bro. So, like, I wasn't very close, but I was closer than normal motherfuckers probably would be. Shit was a great motherfucking me turnout. So, when I seen video footage of the motherfuckers who was in, like, the lawn portion of the show, the shit looked like rolling fucking loud, B. Like, I, I didn't recognize. I always wanted to see because if you go on, like, Warren G's Instagram, he took a video he was like on stage and he did like a little selfie um recording of the fucking crowd. I always wanted to know like what the fuck do they see? Because what I see is only what's in front of me. I'm not the nigga turning around and you know what I'm saying, looking at the entire environment. My nigga, it was over 21,000 people in that bitch. Like the shit was that shit was amazing, bro. And like I said, I don't know if some shit took place when I left. I don't know if some shit took place that I just wasn't aware of. 
but to not have any incidents at all. It was literally an old man up and down the aisle off the shits, bro. That nigga was moonwalking and pop locking and somersaulting, doing the worm and shit all up and down. The aisle. It was it was an it was an experience, bro. I don't think I'll ever forget because I've never even I never even thought I would have the opportunity to see guys like Snoop Dogg. And I honestly, this, my first words as a as a fucking baby was Snoop Dogg. It wasn't mommy, it wasn't daddy. It was Snoop Dogg. So to see that nigga in person, him performing all his fucking hits, all my favorite songs, bro, it was an experience I'll never forget. Yeah, I know how much of a Wiz Khalifa fan I am. I, I, it was just Michelle, I'll never forget. Um, the young lady I was with, we had a great fucking time, a great night. Um, it was it was just an overall fantastic experience. Um, and then the very next day, Beyonce was out here. So Phoenix is on fire. You had Wiz out here on Wednesday. Beyonce, you had Wiz and Snoop on Wednesday. Beyonce on Thursday. Nigga fucking um, 50 Cent comes out here on Tuesday. Nigga Drake is out here like next motherfucking me Saturday or some shit. Like Phoenix is on fire right now, my nigga. Phoenix is on fucking fire right now. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see. Everybody, anywhere, everybody I know out here in Phoenix, if you go on their social media, everybody's experiencing one of these concerts. I was at the Snoop and Wiz shit the next night. I know so many women who was at the Beyonce shit. Like, it's a great moment in time um, because although COVID and shit is ramping up and you hear about possible lockdowns in the near future, possible pandemics and shit like that, it is good to see people getting back outside again. Um, it sucks that there may be, you know what I'm saying, a, a double-edged sword with that motherfucking type of shit, but it is great to see people experiencing life again. My mom's going to the Drake concert, bro. Like, my mom's even getting out and experiencing this life shit. So, it's just a great overall experience, bro. I knew I was going to get sick. I planned for the shit. Every time I go to a sporting event, um, any, type of, uh, any type of event where it's like a large amount of people, I always end up getting sick, bro. So, I, I'm, I'm experiencing this shit um, for the umpteenth time now. So, I'm used to it. Um, but I wanted to make sure I came and gave you guys a great motherfucking me show. Um, but it was a great it was a great overall experience. If they come into a city near you, um, get you a ticket, bro. The tickets ain't even that expensive. I'm be honest with you. I probably spent like two eighty, and I was in the second section type shit. I could have spent more and been up close, but it was like, why do that shit and just be right here dead in the middle? I was like dead in the middle, second section, bro. I had a pretty good motherfucking seat. So um, if they come into a series near you, even if they not come, you got Drake and you got Drake on tour. You got Fifty Cent on tour. Beyonce on tour. Uh, you got Playboy Cardi finna go on tour. You got Money Bag Yo on tour. Little Babies on tour. It's a lot of motherfucking me people on tour, man. I say all this to say, bro, get out and experience that shit. Like, just get out and experience a concert. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a club goer, so maybe I'm overhyping this shit. I'm not a club goer. I'm not a nigga that's, you know what I'm saying, club hopping, bar hopping. So me, when I'm going out and I see a concert this, of this magnitude, I can only I, I can only imagine, you know what I'm saying, what it was like for the performers and shit like that. So I always say tell people to go experience shit like this because if you've never done it before, when you do it and you experience it and you actually enjoy the moment, it's some shit you'll truly never motherfucking begin, uh, forget. So that's how I feel. Um, it was a great fucking show. I'm happy as hell I went. Uh, I'm probably glazing the fuck out these niggas right now, but <laughs> it was a great fucking me show, man. Um, great memories. Uh, life is all about making memories, bro.
you know what I'm saying? Like, we all want to make money. You know, so we all want to make as much money as we can. Um, but when you make that money, what memories are you going to make? And who are you going to make those memories with? You know what I'm saying? So I'm happy as fuck that I was able to do something for the first time with somebody I, tr- I genuinely give a fuck about. I genuinely vibe out with. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can have all the money in the world, but if you ain't making no memories with that money, what the fuck we doing? What we talking about? You might as well be a broke-ass nigga with no money. If you ain't making memories with your money, then what the fuck is we talking about, man? That's all it's about to me, bro. I ain't no club-hopping-ass nigga. I'm a cruise-going-ass nigga. I'm a resort in another country-going-ass nigga. It ain't some shit I do every couple of months. It's some shit I'm doing often. But when I do it, I do it. I do it motherfucking me well, bitch. <laughs> Real motherfucking me talk, man. Get out there and experience some shit you've never done before. Even if it's not a concert, it can be any motherfucking me thing. For me, it was a live concert, over 20,000 people. That was some shit I never experienced before. When I did it, I was fucking happy as fuck I did it. I was in awe that I was doing this shit. For you, it may be some other shit. Whatever the fuck it is. Do something you've never done before. Now, I know I say it on countless amount of episodes. Do something you've never done before just for the experience. Make memories with your fucking money, man. Real talk. Um, but moving on. You know, I want to get into um, two athletes that have taken the world by fucking storm. You know, I've talked about Shakira Richardson uh, when she won gold medal in the 100 meter uh, race. Um, she followed that up with a bronze medal in the 200 meter. Uh, then she followed that up with gold in the women's four by one. I also want to take a time to talk about Noah Lyles, who did something that no one has done since Usain Bolt. He tripled in the uh, 100, the 200, and the four by one. Noah Lyles has, is entering a is entering uncharted territory. Arizona, you can only compare him to a Usain Bolt. The things he's doing at this moment in time at 26 years old is fucking phenomenal. The man won gold and the one, one gold in the two, and one gold in the four by one. Uh, he won gold in the one, which people thought he would never do because they wasn't caught. They didn't think he was a 100, uh, 100 runner. They only thought he was a 200 runner. And to see him master the 100 now is fucking phenomenal. Now, granted, you want to see him do this at the Olympic stage. That's what Usain Bolt was doing it. This is at the world stage. Um, but even doing it, tripling in something, triple medal, triple gold medals, is fucking, it's fucking fantastic. And for Shakira Richardson, for this, for this to be her first, um, her first world events, and for her to take home three medals, it's fucking phenomenal. So if I can, I want to give a round of applause for Shakira Richardson and fucking Noah Lyles. And you know the funny thing about Shakira Richardson, bro? I was on Facebook earlier today, just scrolling, right? And um, <laughs> you know, I give you memories and shit. One of the memories I had was today, which two years ago, episode fifty-six came out. Think about that. Episode fifty-six came out two years ago, and the theme, of the the main theme of that episode was about how she came in ninth place. And her race not first not second not third she came in ninth place two years ago 
And now you tell you fast forward two years later, and we're talking about her being the fastest woman in the world, my nigga. It's just sometimes, bro, life will correct, life will show you shit. You just gotta be, you gotta open your eyes and see. Because two years ago, I was talking about how this woman came in ninth place. Shakira Richardson been in the news for what four years now. People have been waiting four years for Shakira Richardson to do what she's doing now. And I'm not saying that's a knock. I'm saying people have been talking about this young woman for four years now. And I know time goes by like a motherfucker. Time goes by like a bitch. And two years ago, episode 56 came out. I was talking about this woman coming in ninth place. You fast forward two years later, she's the fastest woman in the fucking world. And her first world events, she's taking on three medals. You don't know where you'll be in two years. All you have to do is keep working motherfucking hard, man. If you if you need another example of just hard work, dedication, keeping your head down and keep grinding, here you fucking go. There it is right there. So for a day, for a day like today when I'm fucking sick and I'm dragging around and I can't even really eat nothing, can't even really taste nothing. Took a shower and felt great for 50 seconds, my nigga. Not even a full minute. Nose back fucked up. Stuffy as a bitch. Even on a day like today, my nigga. How can I not still get my ass in here and record when I see just two years ago, I released the episode talking about how this woman fucked up and she wasn't shit no more. She was coming in ninth place in races. She failed to the pressure of the success. But what did she do, man? The world turned on her. She kept her head down. She kept fucking going. It's not about, it ain't even about her no more. It ain't even about the Sha'Carri Richardson hype no more. Because, yeah, that's you getting a lot of that right now. Everybody back sucking on her clit right now. But it's not even about the name. It's about the story, my nigga. The proof is in the pudding, my nigga. The proof is right there. If you ever need another example why you should just keep going, stay in your own lane and focus on your own fucking grind, there you fucking go. Because I know what it was last year when she got rolled and motherfucker was laughing at her. I know what it was like two years ago when she came in ninth place. It's different now, bro. It, it, that's a motherfucking success story that if you ever need the example, you know what I'm saying, and why you should continue to do shit, that's a success story you should truly look at. Because even if it's short-lived, it ain't like a, it ain't some it ain't like a long drawn out grind. You know what I'm saying? It was it's instant. It's damn near instant. I feel like shit like that I, I, I do more. I have more impact on the motherfucker because it was more of an instant success. You know what I'm saying? It ain't some shit where she grinded for five, ten years and came back and did. No, it was damn near instant. Two years during the pandemic is different. That's dead in like two weeks, my nigga. It was, it's great to motherfucking me see, man. But to see her and Noah Lyles become breakout stars of the world games, it was fantastic. Because Noah Lyles is somebody, they have a docuseries that came out on Noah Lyles about his career and his success so far that just probably just dropped within the last couple of months. So to have a docuseries drop about you being successful and during that docuseries, you're talking about how you want to become a, you want a 3P, you want a triple gold and do the 100 and the 200 you want to win these races and actually go out there and do it and do it in dominating fashion. It wasn't like these was races that um, he was challenged or none of that. 
These were races that were stacked that when you put them up all time, rank as the fastest heats. He dominated these heats in ways that we've never even seen before. So for that to happen, for for U.S. to have two athletes who are young, I'm I'm not sure how old Shakira Richardson is, but I'm pretty sure she's under 26. Under 26. She was just in college, so she probably 23, 24 type shit. Noah Lyles is 26 years old. He probably got another four or five years at this at this uh at this rate at this speed right now. So it, it's just great to see the U.S. has two stars in track and field. You got Jamaica, who always got somebody. You got great great bread with Dina Asher Smith. You know you have these other countries in the, in the world, parts of the world, who have these stars in track and field. It's just great to have sprinters now. You know what I'm saying? Like we had with Tyson Gay and shit like that. So it's just it's just it's just exciting to see again. So shout outs again to Shakari Richardson. Shout out again to Noah Lyles um, for just being phenomenal, bro. I'm, I'm huge fans of, of, of Noah Lyles. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the story of Shakari Richardson, man. They dominated the world events. Um, USA did a, a phenomenal job as well. A few fuck ups as well, but um no allows and Shakari Richardson did they motherfucking me thing, man. They truly motherfucking me did. Ah, uh, but moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get into it. I want to get into Bronny right fast, man, before we get out of here, man. Um, you know, it came out that Bronny's cardiac arrest was due to a congenital heart defect. I'm be honest with you, I didn't know what the fuck a congenital heart defect was. <laughs> I'm a fucking college graduate, my nigga, and I didn't know what the fuck that was. So I looked it up, and it says congenital is a um, disease or an abnormality that was present from birth. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not one of those people who are buying the conspiracy that this has something to do with Bryce passing Bronny up and this is the family trying to protect. I'm not buying that bullshit. That's some bullshit on Twitter that people are just running with. People need some type of bullshit story to go with. The thing that got me tripped out about Bronny, this cardiac arrest, and him just now finding out he has a congenital heart defect, how is this something that they're just now finding out? I'm not trying to question their parenting. I'm not trying to question you know, the love and care for their kids. None of that bullshit. Let's make sure that's clear. LeBron James, if the stories are true, puts a million dollars into his body a year. I'm pretty sure that number has even risen because of inflation just over time, over years. But let's just stick with a number of a million. He's entering his 21st season, so we'll say he spent 21 million on his body alone. We know for a fact he has his sons with the best doctors and best trainers. How much money are you not putting into your son for you not to have known that he has a fucking heart defect? He has an abnormally an abnormality in his heart. How how is that not something that's known already? Like I said, I'm not trying, I'm not questioning LeBron or Savannah. I'm not questioning the parents at all. I'm just saying when you you have to, I'm just thinking of the amount of doctors, trainers. You know what I'm saying? Therapists, uh, PT guys, the amount of people 
who touched that young man. Because I have to assume that LeBron's putting him with the right people. I have to assume that. I've seen him training with LeBron. I have to assume that he's putting him his son with the best trainers he can possibly be with. How the fuck is this something that wasn't caught earlier? How is this something that's caught after he damn near lost his life? You know, it was a young man that came up probably a week or two after Bronny had his cardiac arrest, who actually ended up dying from cardiac arrest because the people on the scene didn't have the necessary resources to help save his life. Bronny was fortunate enough to be at a fucking establishment like USC. He's fortunate enough not to be a had to be alone. What if a nigga? What if a nigga catch cardiac arrest alone? What if he was in the gym alone, working on his shot, getting a thousand shots up? We 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 fucking talk about these athletes and these ball players having to grind. You gotta want this shit. What if he was in the grind on a late night, getting this a thousand shots up, putting in the fucking work a two a day, a three a day even, because he want that fucking dream, but he has a cardiac arrest and dies right there on the spot. What then? So Bronny's fucking lucky as fuck. Because what if he was one of those kids who was living up to the goddamn hype? My father's fucking King James, possibly the greatest basketball player of all time. I'm named after this nigga. The hype. Everybody wants me to fucking go. It's people saying I'm going to USC just off my father's name. It's people saying I shouldn't even been a fucking all uh, McDonald's All-American. It's people already saying there's nepotism involved with my fucking grind. So what if he was taking all this shit to heart and was putting in the extra work by himself because he want to prove motherfuckers wrong with him? Flatline, there it is right there. So he was fortunate enough to have this bullshit take place in the presence of, a, of people that was well-versed and, 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 and well-knowledged and being able to revive this young nigga. To be able to save his fucking life. And it was now that we find out this nigga got a fucked up heart. Now, reports have come out that the James family, LeBron, Savannah, and others, they are, they are, uh, um, they believe he'll be able to return to basketball activities and stuff like that. The real question is, should he? I'm going to be honest with you, man. If I'm LeBron, that's it for me. I don't need to see anything else. For me to want to get back out there. It's just certain shit. If my heart gives out on me while I'm doing a fucking layup, I'll never touch a basketball again. I'll, I'll call the game. I'm not getting out there and I'm I'm never playing again. And I'm, I'm a normal nigga. My daddy's LeBron James. I already have NIL deals. I already got millions of dollars my damn self off my name. Off just me being Bronny James Jr. Let alone my father's LeBron James. Come on, man. I'm finna do fashion, bro. I'm finna design some shoes. The next LeBron, the LeBron 22s, I'm designing those. Me, me personally. Designed by Bronny gonna be on the, on the tongue of them bitches. I'm never playing basketball again. So my question is, of course, this is a young man's dream. Of course, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he should stop. I'm putting myself in those shoes. Would I still want to play basketball? Put yourself in those shoes, all the friends of the show. If you're Bronny James, would you still want to play basketball? It's not like if you don't play basketball, you can't get your mom out the hood. 
it ain't like if you don't play basketball, you not going to still be one of the most famous 19-year-olds in the world. It ain't like if you don't play basketball, you still not sitting on millions. Nothing changes for Bronny if he doesn't play basketball. Because if he never plays again, we will all understand why. It's kind of like the Sharif O'Neal situation. Like, the reason why I believe Sharif O'Neal truly is in the NBA, dominating, not even just dominating, but just in the NBA, is because of his heart situation. I truly feel like that. When shit, when certain things happen, you have that as a certain crutch. And I'm not saying that these young men should want that. I'm not saying that you should. they should be moping around in life and using this as this is, this is why I didn't reach my dreams. No, fuck no. If you want to play ball, play ball. But at the end of the day, did you not just die? Like when a nigga has to go into cardiac arrest, you basically dead. Like you basically die for a second. At what point in time do you really want to play ball again? This is some real life movie shit, man. Some real life Quincy McCall type shit, bro. I don't know if I will, I don't know if I will have the, the strength. To want to get back out there and play basketball. This ain't breaking the leg. This ain't, you know what I'm saying, an ACL. This ain't a, a, an Achilles. No, that's that's regular shit. Those are injuries you expect to take place when you pushing your body to the limit. You expect certain things. You don't expect cardiac arrest. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't expect that shit. That's totally different. You don't expect it. We went with DeMar Hamlin. I wouldn't have got back on that fucking field, bro. I wouldn't have got back on that fucking field, especially after the fucking GoFundMe I set up, raised all these millions. Come on, man. I'm done. He raised more money in the GoFundMe than he had raised in his NFL career combined all the years he played. Wow. I'm never getting on the field again. I'll go call some college football games for y'all niggas. I'll be a sideline reporter for you niggas. I'll be a motherfucking nigga that come around every every uh football season for foundation time, nigga. Donate to this charity. I ain't fucking getting back on that field when a nigga run this fucking shoulder in my chest and I fucking stand up and I pass back out and I die. Niggas gotta resuscitate me. I'm not getting back on that fucking field. But when you see him on that field, you tip your cap to him because you know what he went through. You know, he still is chasing his dreams. He's not letting certain things, you know what I'm saying, uh, defect him from his dreams. So when I see him on the field, I tip my cap. When I would see a, a Bronny James, if I see him on the court again, I'm tip my cap to him. Me personally, I don't have the strength to do those things. Like I said, you expect a broken leg, a broken arm, you know what I'm saying, an orbital bone if you're fighting or something like that. But cardiac arrest? Come on, man. Nah. So I, I don't know. If, if I was Bronny, look, man, you you can love the guy. I'll play some, some, some celebrity games or something, but I'm never going to push myself to extreme measures because that's always going to be in the back of my mind that my body has gave out on me already. Unless they finna give me a fucking heart transplant like John Q., I don't even know if I would even want a heart transplant to play basketball. I don't even know if I would want to do that. So it's like, 
at, at what point, if you Bronny, do you say, I'm good? Because I, I, me as an athlete, I wouldn't feel comfortable pushing myself to the limit. You know what I'm saying? To reach my dreams or being the best, being the best player out there. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that shit, knowing that I'm risking my life. I just wouldn't. So knowing that he is who he is and his situation is totally different. He, he's probably in the he's probably the most fortunate guy to be in this situation. I don't know if basketball is really worth it. Niggas say it's basketball. Basketball is life, but nah. Now when your life is truly threatened by it. <laughs> now when your life is truly threatened by that shit, man. Real talk. Um, we're moving on. Let's get into Donald Trump right fast, man. Old DT. You know, Donald Trump, his mugshot was released, man. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't think they was going to do it. We've never seen a former pr- a president with a mugshot. We've never seen that. They really took this nigga mugshot. They charged him on Rico charges. He was granted bond. Uh, he's granted big. He's granted about bail. You know, I'm be honest, man. Whatever you feel about Donald Trump, I don't think this situation is making you not want to vote for him. I'm be honest because whatever you want to say about Biden, you can't say that many good things about Biden. The only thing I can say good about Biden is that he's fucking with the whole student, you know what I'm saying, depth shit. I graduated in 2020. I haven't had to pay that shit back. I'm very, very fortunate about that. I'm very happy about that. Hopefully that can be something we extend uh, even uh, past Biden. Um, besides that, a lot of times, right, I'd be forgetting we even got a fucking president. I don't really know what he does. Only time I ever see clips of this nigga, he falling asleep at important meetings and shit like that. He tripping up the stairs of the Air, uh, Air Force One, like, the nigga is not really up to par with this whole presidential shit. You know what I'm saying? And his pass ain't clean either. He got a, a checker pass when it comes to black people as well. Donald Trump, bro, he has a following. And you have the people who look like me, who, since he hasn't been in office, has even come out verbally, uh, publicly and said that they're going to vote for Donald Trump. You arresting Donald Trump, not even because of the reasons you're doing it, but the simple fact you're arresting him, you're making him, I mean, you have to die to become a martyr, but you're making him somewhat of a martyr. You're making him look look like the victim in in the eyes of the people who are following him. And... I don't think this shit is going to uh, stop him from putting his name on the ballot. Even if his name isn't officially on there, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a huge amount of people that writes down Donald Trump's name down on those fucking ballots. At this moment in time, I think you're playing a very dangerous a dangerous game because you're showing your, your desperate attempts to stop this man from running again. Because I think we all can pretty much agree if Donald Trump runs for president again, he he pretty much gonna win. It's gonna take like The Rock or somebody that like is universally loved by everybody to not let Donald Trump win a presidential election. Because if they, if even with you are locking this man up and you trying to make this man not 
um, eligible for presidency, people are still going to put his name down on that ballot. And it's going to cause a fuck up fucking uproar when more ballot when more ballots come in for Donald Trump, somebody who is who isn't even fucking um, officially um, eligible. Because that's all they try and do now is make this nigga not eligible to become president again. The Democrat, the Democrat Party don't have anybody that can really rival Donald Trump. They just don't. So it's like it's it's interesting, bro. It's a very interesting time because every time I'm watching a UFC event, and Grant, you have the UFC audience is very pro, very pro Trump because Dana White is very pro Trump. But anytime I see him at a UFC event and I see him walk in and I just hear the uproar, you know, I said the, I'm showing a huge uproar of cheers for this nigga. We just talked about uh, um, the FBI gunning somebody down for threatening Joe Biden. When the fuck did they have to do that for Donald Trump? Niggas love Trump, bro. Niggas love Donald Trump. And niggas who got money fuck with Donald Trump. So it's just it's, it's interesting to see the lengths that they're going to stop this man from being able to run for president again. I don't even know if it's constitutional. It looks fucked up to me. It looked like election interference to me. But isn't it supposed to happen to Trump? If not Trump, then who? If not Trump, then fucking who? So it's interesting to see what's going to happen at the next election, bro, because... They desperate as fuck trying to stop this nigga Trump from winning. And I truly think if he runs for president, I truly think he going to fucking win. Because I can't tell you who the fuck I'm voting for. It ain't going to be Biden. The only way I'm voting for Biden, he got a guarantee. I ain't My debt is clear. If he say my student debt is clear, I'm voting for Biden four times. If he ain't saying that shit, bro, I might vote for Trump my damn self, bro. Just because I know who the nigga is. Like, who the fuck else we going to vote for? You told me you told me to vote for the other nigga, and I vote. We voted for the other nigga, and what? The world been fucked up since. That may, that matters. <laughs> that truly fucking matters. Um, but moving on, I want to get into the sports wars, man. You know, you got first take. You know, Stephen A. Smith, and you got undisputed. What motherfucking me, Skip Bayless? News came out that Undisputed is, is launching a new roster. We all know about Shannon Sharp leaving the show. Um, they've been down for probably about a month, month and a half now, maybe even two. Uh, they, they made uh, news that they signed uh, Richard Sherman. Um, they're going to be bringing on Michael Irvin. They're going to be bringing on, as well, Keyshawn Johnson. And Lil Wayne will be doing Friday episodes um, with Skip Bayless, and he'll be having a new intro and everything. Undisputed has revamped. Let's just say that. The roster includes Richard Sherman, Keyshawn Johnson, and Michael Irvin. First take is first take. They have their rotating guests, but they made news as well. They made a splash into the free agency pool, and they've signed Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp will be doing, I believe, Mondays and Tuesdays. He'll be doing two days out the week on first take with Stephen A. Smith. And... The reason why I call it Sports Wars is because I've already come on this podcast and I talked about how podcasting itself is ruining sports shows. This, to me, is a triumphant attempt to 
uh, monopolized the last of sports media. The reason why I say that is because say what you want to say about Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is sports television. He started first take. He gave us Stephen A. Smith. He started undisputed. He gave us Shannon Sharp. I have nothing but confidence that this new version of Undisputed will be successful. And I'm pretty sure it will also um, give Richard Sherman, you know, the platform he needs and he deserves to become a prominent figure in sports media. Granted, I already see him on NFL television and stuff like that. He pretty much did the same route that Shannon Sharp did. But we all understand that what Undisputed did for Shannon Sharp. It's a different level. You know what I'm saying? So I have nothing but confidence that Skip Bellis will be very successful with his version of Undisputed. He has a niche. He has a character that he plays. And it's been very successful for nigga generations, decades, damn near. When you go to first take and you have Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp, I don't know how this will work. I don't know how this will work. You have two former um, Skip Bell's disciples who are linking up. Um, this is something that we've all said we've all wanted for years now. Stephen A. Smith and Skip, uh, Shannon Sharp to be on the same platform. I like that it's not an everyday thing because I do understand that uh, Shannon Sharp isn't the guy that I want to see on television like that. He's 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 created another space for himself um, that's even more prominent than sports media because he does have his podcast, which he made news with his podcasting, um, partnering up with The Valium, which is with Colin Cowherd, which is with the same place that has Draymond Green and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it's interesting to see the moves that Shannon Sharp is making. Uh, it still gives him the flexibility, I would say, um, to be in this, in this, um, it gives him the flexibility in my eyes to still be this Uncle Shay Shay person. To me, him being on sports TV all day, being on first take every day, that would kind of dim his light because he's created, um, he's created a lane that's bigger than sports television. He was bigger than Undisputed. He became bigger than that show. And if he goes to first take, he'll become bigger than fucking first take. The only reason why Stephen A isn't bigger than first take because Stephen A is first take. You can't think of first take and think of anyone else. So that's the only reason why it makes sense for Stephen A to be there every day. But it's very interesting to see where these where this shit's going to go. Who's going to be the more successful show? Because first take has been number one for 12 years now. They have been number one for 12 fucking years now. But it is very interesting to see because with this new lineup on, on Undisputed, I know one thing. The new lineup on Undisputed football season is going to be very, very motherfucking interesting. To have a Michael Irvin, to have a Keyshawn Johnson, to have a Richard Sherman, those three alone are three fire, three fiery personalities. And we all know what Skip Bellows delivers. So it's going to be very interesting to see, man. This, the sports wars has officially started. Um, I believe Monday is, the, is when Undisputed will be airing the new lineup. Um, and I believe Shannon Sharp will be starting very soon in September or something like that. So uh, 
It's gonna be very interesting to see, man. Who really, who really is gonna run the motherfucking sports game right now? It's gonna be very, very interesting. Um, but moving on, man. Let's go and get into Bray Wyatt before we get the fuck up out of here, man. Um, news about Bray Wyatt, bro. Bray Wyatt unexpectedly passed away. Uh, once they rest in peace to Bray Wyatt, and my prayers could don't his friends, family, uh, fans, anyone he impacted in the positive light. Um, you know, it's rumors that not rumors, but reports that came out due to COVID 19 complications. Um, I don't know how trustworthy those are just because nowadays, when anybody passes away, it's due to the vaccine, it's due to COVID, it's due to all types of shit, man. So, um, to me, it really doesn't matter why he died, it's the simple fact that he died. Um, he came along well after I stopped watching wrestling. Um, but I am aware he was a WWE champion. I am, am aware he had a nice little run, nice little impact on the sport. Um, and he, nice, he had a nice fan base. Um, there was clips circulating of him in the ring on the mic um, doing his segments. And uh, people thought it was part of the skit, but it was shown that it was proven to be raw emotion where he was talking about the troubles he was going through in life, him losing people close, and, close to him and, um, there were video clips that was circulating on the internet now of um, was supposed to be him five hours before he passed away, um, talking about similar things about people who, who he lost and stuff like that. And it's just sad, bro. It truly is sad. Um, and you always want to say rest in peace to people who lose their life unexpectedly. Um, but the reason why I really wanted to bring it up on the podcast because news also came out that the WWE had halted all further, you know, promote um, events from the promotion um, due to the unexpected news of Bray Wyatt, and you and you appreciate that, and you look at that, and you and you condemn them, and you, and you you know you applaud them for that because that's a beautiful gesture because we all know about the WWE when um, what's my, when Owen Hart fell from the fucking rafters, the top of the goddamn ceiling on the goddamn uh, arena, and he fell to his death. They proceeded with the show. Matches be, matches continued. Um, where he had died is where he had died. They got him up and they continued on with the show. To have that reputation and then to have someone unexpectedly pass away and you haul all further events until further notice, it's beautiful. Now, I'm pretty sure they've announced, you know, continuation and stuff since. But at the moment in time, for that to be their initial judgment, to me, was beautiful. But today I seen something that was a little bit. I don't even know how to if it's distasteful, or is it just business. I was on YouTube, and lately I've been watching a lot of classic, you know, what I'm saying wrestling, like classic grudge matches between The Rock and Stone Cold, um, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, Triple H, shit like that, right? Um, going before I go to sleep at night, just. While I'm smoking, eat some M&Ms, watch a classic wrestling match and shit, right? So that's in my, it's on my recommended on YouTube. And all today, I've been seeing WWE uploading matches. And it's not Stone Cold, it's not The Rock, it's not Triple H, it's not John Cena. It's a lot of Bray Wyatt. And initially, when I seen this, I got upset. Because is this the WWE capitalizing off of Bray Wyatt, capitalizing off the dead? Is this the WWE not having a heart? Is this the WWE getting in while they're while they getting this hot? You know what I'm saying? Like they know Bray Wyatt's name is going to be a hot search right now. 
They know Bray Wyatt is trending right now. So why not flood the fucking YouTube algorithm with Bray Wyatt matches to capitalize off of it, to get viral videos, to get the views, to get the money, to get the proceeds? Why not do it? It's business, right? But when you see that, I can't look at that and not be distaste and not have a distaste in my mouth. Because this man is dead. Because you know this man isn't going to receive the proceeds from these videos. And I get that's WWE uh, property. They have the right to do whatever they want to do with their content. I get that. But I remember when Vlad, Vlad, they would do an interview with someone, right? And years later goes by, or it can be months later, however time you want to put in between. Time goes by and said person passes away. When they're a trending topic, Vlad will upload all those clips again to capitalize off the moment. And people always have a problem with Vlad. Now, granted, Vlad's white, so they're going to have a problem with anything that Vlad does. But God damn it, the McMahons are white. God damn it, the company that they just sold the WWE to was white. They're a white man, too. The capitalizing off of, off a of dead man will never sit well with me. I have a problem when they do it with Tupac and Biggie. And when I seen this shit on YouTube with Bray Wyatt, I had a problem with that too. It's no matter how much of it I understand, I get business is business. I get the content game is the content game. But you're the WWE uploading a Bray Wyatt episode uh, full match now. Isn't that big of a is, is it going to be that big of a difference if you upload a Bray Wyatt full match, nigga, four or five months from now? You're the WWE. The clicks are coming nonstop. It's just distasteful to see that this man's trending for all the wrong reasons. And now you want to flood the market with his content. It's distasteful, man. It really is. And it just, it, it lets you know, just, it reminds you about where we are in life. It reminds you about the ebbs and flows of this shit called life because on one hand you understand it, and on the other hand, you have to ask you have to ask where the fuck is the morality? Where is your well at what point do you say no? But at the end of the day, a man lost his life. At the end of the day, a man seemed to be crying out for help. And at the end of the day, a mother lost her son. Um, fans lost their hero. And we may never know why. So I want to say rest in peace to Bray Wyatt. I want to say once again to my prayers and condolences to anyone impacted by this. His family, his friends, fans, anybody impacted in the positive light, man. Because it truly is sad when someone dies and you start to see those clips circulating. Um, their last moments or just even them being dope, just clips of them circulating. It just, it's very sad, man. The impact, even me thinking of it from an outsider, I can only uh, imagine what it feels like for that fan that Bray Wyatt made love wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I can only think about his mother, you know what I'm saying? His, his, his brother, if he has one, his family members, his friends growing up. You know, I can only think about those people who have to see Nonstop reposting, and because I know what it's like for me going dealing with that with my father. So 
it's interesting, bro. It truly is motherfucking me interesting. So rest in peace to Bray Wyatt, man. Real motherfucking me talk. Um, before we get the fuck up out of here, B, um, <clears throat> you know, today is a Saturday record. Um, so you know, I, usually I'm feeling good and this bitch smoking, drinking, all types of shit. Um, like I said, a little under the weather. Um, just wanted to make sure I record it to get you guys a, a nice episode out on time. Uh, I also had a therapy session today with my therapist. Um, and it was much needed, man. You know, personal life is good. Work life has been the same for the last years. And there's no difference with that. The one thing that's been bothering me lately, man, that kind of threw me off with recording the other day, that's why I couldn't get the episode out, is because personally there's um, things going on behind the scenes that I necessarily can't control, that I don't want to control. But it's something that's very um, impactful to not only me, but to my little brother and my mom. Um, and as someone who was thrust into the man of the household role very early in life, um, I still have that protection, you know what I'm saying, over my family. So even with that, with those things going on in the background, um, it's been messing with my mentality. Um, the steps forward that I thought I made in life. I would find myself taking those steps in reverse. Um, and it's scary. You know what I mean? It's very scary to go through those moments because you know the hard work you've made in your life. Um, and when you start to see things unraveling um, and when you're aware they're unraveling, it's very, very scary because sometimes you can't stop it. So what I did was I uh, reached out to my therapist who set up an appointment. We talked and we had a great, great talk, bro. Um, and a lot of times it just, I need reassurance because I know the fuck ups that's going on in my life. I know what's going on. I know what the rights, the wrongs, the do's, the don'ts. I know this shit, but sometimes my thought process is I can't think of one thing at once. I have to think about at least five different things at one time to just stay sane. And when there's one thing that's occupying my thought process for a large amount of time, it, it starts to drive me crazy because I not only do I overthink it, but I start to go, I start to, I don't even know how to put it into words, but it's just, I go crazy over the shit, right? And just talking to my therapist, I needed reassurance that the way I was moving about things, my thought process about things wasn't entirely flawed. I needed things, I needed to talk to someone to get a lot of things off my chest that I can't get off my chest to my mom or my little brother. I just needed someone to shut the fuck up and let me talk. So I needed to do that, and I was able to do that. And with my little brother's birthday being tomorrow, um, with his father coming out here to the city, um, I'm able to sit in the background and let that play out. It was bothering me that that man was coming out here and that I was going to have to... Um, miss my little brother's 21st birthday, probably the biggest moment of his life uh, because his father would be there because if I'm around his father, um, I know I will ruin the moment. I will ruin the day. 
and I can't do that to my little brother. Um, and it was tearing me up that as the day was approaching, as his day, his birthday was getting closer for the last two weeks, um, just mentally and emotionally, I was all over the place. Um, so it was good to set up that, uh, that therapy, therapy session, um, to get those things off of my chest, um, to be able to look in the mirror now and, and, and take a step back and, um, realize that it's not about me. It's not about my feelings, my emotions. It's okay for me to remove myself from a situation to make sure that my little brother does, you know, I'm saying enjoy his day. Cause, um, no matter if I like his father or not, I will never be the one to put seeds um, of doubt in him about his father. I'm never going to be the one to talk to tell him bad shit about his father um, because me, myself, I lost my father. I know what it's like not to have a parent. When your father's not there and when your parent's dead, I know what that's like. So I always tell people, no, have that relationship with your parents because when they're gone, they're gone. Um, so for, my, to, for me to be able to sit back, no matter how much I know it's going to pain me, um, about time you guys hear this episode, no matter how much I know it's going to pain me not to be there for my little brother in one of the biggest moments of his life, um, I'm okay with being able to sit back and let him have that moment because having that moment is something that only com comes a dime a dozen, unfortunately, in his life. Um, having that moment, him having a moment that I was never able to have. You know, when I turned 21, I couldn't be with my father. So I, I would love more than anything for him to be able to spend that moment with his father. Uh, and me having that therapy session was 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 will was 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 letting me be able to find the inner strength to you know be able to you know get through that without it being super fucked up <laughs> you know what i mean so um and maybe i'm just talking maybe i'm rambling on maybe i don't understand what i'm saying but um it's just great to know that i'm still taking the steps to get help when i need them um a lot of times in life, bro, when we feel we hit that passing, that that time in life to where, um, you know, how can I say this? A lot of times in life when we feel like shit, we got shit in order um, and we do have a setback, because we've had such a good run at things and getting things accomplished, we don't necessarily see help on that initial fuck up, on that initial step back in life where it's like, fuck. We still just try to power through it and we let those things pile up and then we start to seek help. I'm glad that this time around, the first sign of um, turmoil, the first sign of slippage of me being able to control my um, emotions and my mentality of all the things I worked on over these years. Um, the first sign of that slippage, I was able to reach out and receive the help that I very much needed. So I'm very happy about the strides I'm taking in life. Um, I'm just very happy, man. And get the feedback from your, from your therapist that they see the growth in you as well. Um, it's just a great fucking feeling, man. So with that being said, I encourage all of you guys, bro. If you feel you need someone to talk to, um, if you feel like your family isn't there for you, uh, even if your family is there for you, you just want to talk to somebody who has a non-judgmental uh, POV, um, or non-biased POV, someone who's going to just let you get your shit off your chest, I encourage you all, man. Go seek help. Go get 
help, man. Go get a therapist, bro. Uh, fellas, go get a therapist, man. If you feel more comfortable with a woman therapist, go do that. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to lay on the couch or nothing, man. You can do this show on your phone. Pull up a goddamn web conference, Zoom app or something like that and get to it, bro. Um, it's, it's very, it's very, very beneficial, especially in times like this when they talk about another goddamn um, pandemic on, on, on the uh, on the rise. Um, COVID, new strand is, is, is on the streets. In times like this, man, post-COVID, post-2020, it's important that we all get help and we truly feel like we need help because we've all experienced a lot. We all some goddamn me survivors. Um, PTSD is real, man. Trauma is real, man. And just because we back outside don't mean all the shit we was going through, all the shit we was opening up about going through doing when we was inside don't mean that shit went away because we back outside. You know what I'm saying? So um, everybody, man, if you need help, please get some goddamn help. Um, it works for me every goddamn time. I never tell you something that, you know what I'm saying, don't work for me or something that I don't do. So it works for me, and I know how fucked up I am. So if it can work for me, I know it can work for some of y'all out there, if not all of y'all. Um, but with that being said, bro, I think that's all we got on the goddamn docket. Let me just run through this one more time, make sure we ain't miss nothing. We got the uh, Snoop and Weird's concert review. Shakira Richardson and Noah Lyles fucking being the breakout stars. Bronny being diagnosed with a congenital heart. Donald Trump mugshot being released. And will people stop voting for him? Um, sports war, sports show wars. First take versus undisputed. Um, WWE capitalizing off Bray Wyatt. And a much needed motherfucking therapy session. Um, Yeah. <laughs> That's all we got, man. So I guess with that being said, man, you know I give it up. DJ, drop that fire ass beat, my motherfucking boy. Um, great episode, man. Great episode. I'm happy as fuck I came in here recording. Um, I had plans to step out a little bit later, but that's what I can do. I'm just lucky to put my hands on this. Glad as fuck I came in here and got this episode. Great episode, like you said so much. But with that being said, you know how I get up on this side. It's all love these ways. Never left side bullshit. Always keep the name in. Then stay safe, stay sharp, stay sane. And the hot chocolate episode will be out this Peace. Episode, man, episode 160, motherfucking me seven, man. Thin line between genius and insanity. Um, we out this bitch, man. Y'all already know the fuck I give it up, man. I holler at y'all, I love y'all, and I holler, man. Peace. Welcome to Raw is OG. Hatch, man, you know the fuck it is, nigga. Play on me, man. <laughs> you dig.